Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. Early on in book three of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, we find a long passage that is not only very interesting and revealing, but you might even say inspiring. It's an exhortation to get things right in one's head and thereby within one's life in terms of prioritization, thinking about goods and what we ought to pursue. And before we launch into it, let me say that you can see similar appeals coming up in later authors who are not, as Marcus Aurelius is, a Stoic. But, for example, Christians, like you're going to see a similar reference being made to, if this isn't the highest thing, then find something better than it, something greater than it in Augustine. I believe it's in On Free Choice of the Will. And so this is kind of an interesting thematic that's being done. An argument is being put forward to himself and therefore to us readers. Figure out what you think is actually actually the highest, the best, the greatest, krechon in this, the Greek term that's used for that. And if the thing that you think is the best turns out not to be so, well, then that's okay. Go after whatever is the absolute highest. Set your bar as high as it can possibly go. So it begins, this is in chapter six, if at some point in your life you should come across anything better than... Now, notice the first thing that he's going to say, something could be better than, and it's going to turn out that there isn't anything better than that. If you can find something greater than what? This looks like the listing of the four cardinal virtues, but there is an important difference. So we have justice, dikaiosune, right, in Greek. Then we have truth, aletheia, which is translated by some translators as honesty, meaning truthfulness on one's own part. But there's no necessary reason to read it that way. It could be truth itself is something to value. And if that's the case, then we could easily view this as appealing to the one virtue that deals with that specifically, which is wisdom or prudence, right? And then we have self-control, sophrosune, right? Sometimes translated as temperance or moderation and courage or bravery, Andrea. So if you can find something that is better than those, Right, And then he's going to go on and talk about something else that is presented almost as if it's something different, but it's really, this is the kind of way this matter would be. So mind, dianoia, right? Also it could be translated as our intellectual faculties. A mind that is rational or following reason, and it's not just following reason 
per se, it's following right reason. Kata ton logon orthon. Orthos means correct, straight, right. And so this is a mind that is genuinely rational, not just engaging as in, as we call them, rationalizations, right? Where it's really the, the desires that are running the show and then we come up with reasons afterwards. No, this is, this is a mind that is genuinely rational in accordance with reason and accepts the right sorts of things, satisfied to accept what's beyond its control. Now, these are closely connected, right? Because to have a mind that is genuinely rational and accepting things that are beyond our control means for Marcus and for the Stoics, having these cardinal virtues, these four that are recognized by not just the Stoics, but also by the Epicureans and the Platonists and, you know, quite a few other people along the way as well. So if we do find something that's greater than that, what should we do? It doesn't mean like throw virtue away, right? But embrace that thing without any reservations. Why? Because it's the best thing and enjoy it, as he says, to the full. But Marcus doesn't think that you are going to find anything greater than, than this. And this is within us. So he says, if nothing presents itself that's superior to the spirit, the daimon that lives within. And now notice the thing that he's going to say about this daimon. There's actually five different qualifications. So one is that it has subordinated individual desires. And you're going to notice that there's a lot of talk here about subordinating or subjecting. And so a lot of this has to do with the terminology of arrangement. So you are arranging yourself, subordinating individual desires, EDS Hormas. Now, this is a technical term in Stoicism. Horme is often translated as impulse or choice. So desires works, but your own individual idias, your own particular choices, your own commitments, you're subordinating that to a greater whole, which is this daimon, right? This spirit. One that discriminates among impressions. So impressions, another technical term, fantasiae, right? This is, is quite important as well. And so, you know, impressions, appearances, imaginations. The Stoics thought that one of the characteristic things about human beings as rational animals is not only that they take in impressions, use them the way that animals do, but that we judge them. We discriminate between them. Some of them we say, that's not the way things are, even though they appear to be that way. So this is part of having that self-control. He also talks about having broken free of sense temptations. Aestheticon peseon, right? Now, aestheticon means of the things that we use as our senses, sight, taste, hearing, smell, touch, right? And so temptations, things that we would want to follow could be anything from like watching too much TV to, you know, needing to be surrounded by wonderful odors that we get by buying all these essential oils and sprinkling them everywhere. Don't, you know, dosing ourselves with perfume or cologne or products. We could go on and on and on. So it's broken free of these. And in so doing, it is subordinated itself. Again, we see this uh, language of subordination to the gods, to the 
higher beings that are models for ourselves. And then finally, looking out for human welfare, human beings' welfare. The term there is, is anthropos, so a sense of humanity, right? Which is contained, by the way, in these four cardinal virtues. So Marcus is saying, this is what you are. <laughs> this is what you can discover, at least in potential, within yourself. And it, since you can't find anything higher than this, well, then you do need to like face the consequences. What is that? Then don't make room for anything but that, for anything that might lead you astray, tempt you off the road and leave you unable to devote yourself completely to achieving the goodness that is uniquely yours. And this is actually echoing something coming from Epictetus, coming from the very first and second parts of the Enchiridion, where he says, listen, you know, you can pursue what's in your control, which includes the things that are up to you, your character, or you can like attach yourself to all sorts of external things. You can try to have it all. You won't have it all. If you devote yourself to both of them, you'll probably miss out on both of them. So which of these is actually better? Which of these falls within the scope of the daimon, the mind, the virtues, right? We need to prioritize. And so he gives you some examples of this. The applause of the crowd, you know, social status and celebrity, high office. Remember, this guy is, in fact, at the highest office that possible. Wealth. Self-indulgence in pleasures. These are the sorts of things that can lead us astray. And so we need to be careful. We don't necessarily need to reject them entirely, but we do need to break their temptations that they have over us, right? It says it would be wrong to let anything stand between you and attaining goodness as a rational being and as a citizen. All of these might seem to be compatible for a while with pursuing what's best, but as he says, suddenly they control us and sweep us away. So we have to make a decision, right? Hello, grab onto, select something. And he says, make your choice, could be translated as straightforwardly, but once is actually the more literal translation, haplos, simply make your choice now, make your choice once and for all and make it freely. Eleutheros, not being compelled by someone else. Choose what is actually the best and not just the best per se, but the best for me. He has a place in here where he says, what is good is what is beneficial. Right, some feron, and he says, "Best is what befits me." And then we have to follow through on this, follow through on that choice. And there's two different ways we could do that. He says, "As a rational being, well, then follow through on it. Think your way to this. When you start getting tempted, think, well, what is better than virtue or a good personality or character? Right? If you want to do it just as an animal, he says, then say so and stand your ground without making a show of it. Just make sure you've actually." prepared first. So this is a passage about putting things into a final perspective for ourselves and then choosing to follow out the consequences of that by the way we arrange the various things that we consider valuable within our lives. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. 
You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works. <laughs>